I'm going to talk about overreaching. Overreaching means having your error rate higher than your error correction rate. Error correction rate depends on your understanding of rational philosophy, how to use criticism, how to think critically, how to uh, introspect, how to analyze things and look for your mistakes and brainstorm solutions and think over which solutions will actually work and what might be wrong with some of them. Broadly, error correction rate depends on your skill as well as what resources you put into it, time, effort, energy, mental focus and attention being some of the primary resources that go into it. But other resources matter too, like having friends who will give good advice is a resource or hiring some good advice as a resource. And that's not just like philosophy advice, but like whatever you're currently doing, maybe it involves some physics or some math or something, and you could hire an expert related to that, or you could buy some books or some uh, educational screencasts or something. Error rate depends on how ambitious your projects are. And uh, whether you like skimp on resources, like if you try to do something in less time, that's going to increase the error rate. The ambition of projects is related to your skill. What sort of projects have you succeeded at in the past? And is this a small incremental step up in difficulty from things you've succeeded at? Or is it like a big jump up? Is it really ambitious? And then for the things you succeeded at, like how consistent were you? Could you do like a hundred of them of projects of that difficulty and all of them would succeed? Or, or did you just succeed like one out of two times and then there's survivor bias where you're looking at the ones you succeeded at and you feel like you were able to do those, but really they were part of a larger group of projects which you had a 50% success rate at, which... It's like, sort of you can do it, but not really. Like, there's a problem there. So, overreaching is everywhere. People try to do things that are hard for them, and then they make lots of mistakes, and then the mistakes are hard, and they get overwhelmed. And if they would do easier things, their, their basic concern is, like, they want to do the hard things. They don't want to just stick to basic stuff. But they're actually getting less done by trying to do the hard things. If they would just do stuff that's more within their capabilities and succeed, if you're succeeding like 99% of the time, you're going to actually be much more effective and get more done and build up to advanced stuff better than if you're succeeding 50% of the time. And people actually lower their standards of what success is to be way too low because they're having so little success. Because you know, school didn't educate them very well, and now they're trying to do all kinds of stuff in life, and they don't really know how. And they're kind of lost and confused. So this relates to something else I've talked about a lot, which is do things that are cheap and easy and power up first. And if you want to do something hard, power up, like educate yourself, get skillful enough to the point where it doesn't cost a lot of resources and then do it when it doesn't cost a lot of resources. 
So you can broadly divide your use of resources into stuff that's meant to increase your available resources, like time and skill, and stuff that's actually using up resources. So investment in the future, so you have more resources, and consumption of resources, using them up. People are a bit confused about this because we're dealing with a lot of renewable resources, like time, which also, if you don't use it, then it just goes away. Like, you only have so many hours today. But despite the fact that you have to use it now or it's gone, it's still important to consider the different ways you could use it, some of which are learning things you can use in the future, including learning how to do things faster so you have more time available in the future, or learning how to automate some things so you don't have to do them anymore yourself, so you have more time in the future. There's ways to get more time and to use your time more effectively, like speed reading. So it's important to compare, like, if you're using your time on watching a TV show and you're not giving it much thought, and you're not learning much, and you're not practicing something, and there's no real purpose to it, it's just, just entertainment, and you're not resting between important activities either, it's just, oh, TV sounds fun, so you do that. Like, that's not investing in your future, Whereas you could have spent that same time on something else that would invest in your future and make your future better. So the overall pattern that happens with people's lives is when you start overreaching and you have a bunch of problems and like your things are going wrong, then you spend more resources trying to deal with those problems rather than investing in your future. It's like crunch mode, so you start making more short-term decisions instead of long-term decisions. Like, the more a disaster the short-term is, the more you're going to make choices that try to make the short-term better. So people get into a very vicious cycle where they try to do things that are too hard for them, and it doesn't go very well. And then they have all these problems in their lives, like they're dissatisfied with their marriage, with the way they interact with their children, with their career, with their social life, and so on. And then they try to do things to make that better, make it less painful. But then they're focusing on the short term, and it doesn't solve the long term problem of getting better at life and actually getting more advanced and being able to do more advanced things successfully. So the more they overreach, the more they orient their life towards the short term and trying to deal with the consequences of the overreaching, which doesn't let them deal with the root cause, which is their lack of skill, because the schools and parenting are really bad at equipping people for life in an actually really effective way. The problem builds on itself. Everyone's like too busy to learn because they're dealing with the consequences of not having learned enough. And so you can get trapped and like stuck that way for your whole life and never get out of that kind of bad situation. And the solution is to be less ambitious in the short term and get some easier stuff going successfully and free up some resources. Instead of filling your life up with all these projects, that weren't thought out well enough, that are hard for you, 
that often result in failures and errors and things you don't know how to do better, it's important to try to have like spare time in your life that's available for learning. Or also as problems come up, like you should have spare resources because problems are inevitable. There are always gonna be some problems. So things get overwhelming when your problems and their difficulty and the resources needed to cope with them exceeds the rainy day fund of resources you have set aside. So for most people, that rainy day fund is pretty small. And they would be better off with a larger rainy day fund. So then uh, they would have less danger of being overwhelmed. People really resist this. They want to do like great, impressive, big things, things that matter. They don't want to be a child doing little things. They want to think like they're already educated, they're ready to do things in the world. I think this is what adults think. But if they would invest in getting the basics right, they would have a prayer of being highly effective later in, in the future, whereas that's never going to happen the way they're going now. Another problem is they don't know how to study the basics and like fix their education and redo it and learn things like more reliable reading comprehension or higher standards for what they consider like clear understanding and being able to judge things themselves with their own mind instead of just being confused and going by authority. But another relevant thing is people don't understand how learning works in a really fundamental way. They think that if you can do something, then you've learned it. For example, if you can answer the questions on the test about it, then you've learned it. And not even all the questions on the test, but if you can answer like seven out of 10 questions on the test correctly, then they think they've learned it. But if you're getting it wrong 30% of the time, like why are you getting it wrong? That sounds like you don't understand something major about it. So their standards are way too low. They also tend to learn things for tests in like a short-term way where they're actually going to forget it because they don't understand the concepts well enough. Like they don't really know what's going on. They're just memorizing a few things to try to muddle through. So that's, that's not proper learning. And 70% or 80% or whatever is not proper learning. Like if you understand what you're doing, you should have like a high success rate, like, you know, 99% would be more of a reasonable success rate. Like, 1% random errors does not indicate that you're confused, but you know, 10, 20% random errors, that shows you're confused. There's something you don't get about it or something you haven't figured out, like the process of how to do it without like getting bored and tuning out or without uh, getting careless and you know, something about the whole process of doing it correctly is not working for you and you need to fix something, even if it's not specifically like learning the idea itself, like learning how to use the idea, like do a math problem is not just about like doing an addition problem. Isn't just about knowing how addition works. It's also about like having a process of doing math calculations where you don't screw them up and like, um, 
like you stay focused or whatever else you need to do to get it right. Or like knowing how to organize it, like for multi-part math problems, it's not just understanding like each step individually and how the math works. It's also knowing how to organize your work and like write it down and uh, go step by step and put all the steps together to get the answer right. But a lot of it is also just people have some confusions that, you know, show up some reasonably small portion of the time. And then if you start dealing with multiple problems and multi-part problems, you just get some wrong because you don't actually know all of it. You know some of it, which lets you do some problems correctly, but not all of them. Anyway, so that's not what I want to talk about. That's just like the basics of people's standards for learning things are too low. But there's another thing that's really important is if you can do something slowly and correctly and you understand it, you're not done yet. Learning to do something with high resource cost is just the first step. The second step is learning to do something with low resource cost. You need to improve your knowledge of it until you can do it cheaply and easily, or you're not done learning it. Because if you want to build on something, it has to be cheap and easy. Like it needs to take a low amount of attention. Otherwise, you can't have it in your mind and also learn a new thing, build on it. You can't use it as a piece in a, a bigger project, like as an intellectual tool or something. Until you can like put together success involving like 50 different things. I mean, in order to in order to do something complicated, you have to be able to like chain together a bunch of different things. In order to do that, they all have to be like small effort for you, small resource costs, small attention. Because if they're big, you're not gonna be able to deal with that many things altogether. Like if you can do some one thing by itself, just barely, then you're not gonna be able to do it when it's part of a, a larger project. So when something's like new to the human race, it's normal that it's like hard and the experts can just barely do it and they're not yet ready to build on it, and that's that's like step one. But for learning most stuff, you really want to get it to the point that you can do it without thinking about it much. Like, you can walk without thinking about your walking. Like, you can walk and chew gum at the same time, because walking doesn't take much attention, so you can chew gum or, you know, use your phone. How, you can have a conversation while you walk, because walking is sufficiently low resource cost. If you could walk, but you could only walk by paying atten conscious attention to what you were doing, like, I'm going to move my right foot now. Now I need to move my left foot. Now I need to move my right foot. Like, if you had to think that the whole time you were walking, like, you would be able to walk, but you'd, like, you'd get lost. You wouldn't be able to also keep track of where you're going. You'd have to, like, stop to check where you're going. And you wouldn't be able to hold a conversation while you're walking and so on. That would not be, you wouldn't be considered a competent walker. You'd be considered like not done learning walking. Like if you're age two and you can walk, but you can't spare attention for other things at the same time, that's fine. But as an adult, like that is not uh, a proper like walking skill. You're supposed to be able to do it really easily. And that's how like most things you learn should be is you, you need to get them to the point that they take very low conscious attention that way you can have conscious attention to spare to do things like think critically, analyze what you're doing, keep in mind the big picture, check for errors. Um, 
relate the thing to other things and like make it part of like a big tree of different things that you're dealing with all together and putting them together into a bigger project or like building a new idea on top of it, like using it within something bigger. So if you're doing things that you can do successfully, but they cost a lot of resources, that's overreaching too. You need to get things to the point of being resource cheap. And most of what you do should be resource cheap or should be learning. Like if you're investing in yourself, it's okay if it's expensive. Although if you can find ways to invest in yourself that are resource cheap, that's even better because then you'll get more benefits from the same amount of resources. But if you're going to do something that's resource expensive, preferably it would be like getting your learning unstuck, like something really important. If you think about your knowledge as a tree structure, then things that are high resource cost for you to use can only be leaf nodes. The, they can only be the edge nodes that have nothing else uh, connected past them. And the, the bulk of your knowledge, like the useful middle part, like needs to be cheap so that it can be built on and have connections to other stuff. When something's expensive, it's like a dead end or not necessarily permanently, but at least for now it's a dead end. Like you can't move past it and move on to even better things. Because the only way to move on to better things is to, uh, to condense something, to make it take less attention, less thought, less time, less whatever, so that you can have other things in your mind at the same time. A lot of what learning is, is progressively making things cheaper and cheaper. Because So first you learn something, then, then it's expensive. And then you get the cost down to like 20% of that. And then you can take five things that you've gotten the cost. Like first you learn five things and they're all expensive and you learn them individually. Then you make them all cheap. And then you can put all five of them in your head at the same time because they're now all have like 20% of the cost. And now that you're able to have all five in your head at the same time, you can figure out ways that they relate to each other. And uh, you can figure out like new ideas based on combining them. And you can make progress. And then what happens is you, so you have the five original things that were expensive and then you get the five things to be cheap and you put them all in your head. And then you come up with like one single concept that covers like uh, a big important thing about all five. And now you have this cheap way, this new one well, now you have the new one that's currently expensive because it's new to you, but then you make it cheap. So then you have like, it's kind of like summer ideas. Like you, first, all you can fit in your head is the one idea. Then you make it smaller, cheaper, easier, simpler. And then you can fit five ideas in your head because they're all cheaper and simpler and whatever. And then you take those five ideas and you make a summary idea. And now you can fit that one summary in your head but it covers what used to be five ideas that could each only fit in your head by themselves. And then you make the summary idea itself cheaper, easier to understand, easier to remember. Like you get better with it so that it doesn't take a lot of attention. And then you can fit five summary ideas in your head at the same time and create a summary of a summary. And then you can fit that one summary of a summary in your head and then you make it cheaper, you get better with it. And then you, once you do that enough times, then you can fit five summaries of summaries of summaries in your head. And you keep going layer by layer. And that's how you build up knowledge. But you can only do this 
if your error rate is low. Like this stuff has to actually like work. If you just keep doing things where you're lost and confused, you're not going to be able to build things up. And if you're always running out of resources trying to deal with the catastrophe of the moment, you're not going to be able to invest in your learning and uh, getting things like learned properly to the point where they become cheap and then they get built into better ideas and then those become cheap and so on. That's what like progressive skill and progress is. The results are exponential. It's like compound interest. If you do this correctly and you, you keep at it over time, even if you start out, you're not very good. If you keep making progress, it is uh, highly effective once you keep going with it. You're not necessarily going to get like big results really fast to inspire you. But if you understand like why this is the right attitude to life and way to deal with things, and you persist with it, it is the only way to become a like hyper-powerful, hyper-skilled, super-productive kind of person. It's the only way to be really great. You can never achieve greatness without doing something along these lines. Like, if you go with the normal way where you're muddling through life and sort of trying your best and doing things that are that you haven't properly built up to, you might be, like, pretty good at something compared to some other people. Like, you might be above average or whatever, but you can never be, like, a really great person who's, like, ultra-successful because, like, the method you're using for life isn't that great. So you might, like, still do okay, but if you want something, like, really awesome, you're not going to get there without without a better um, approach to life, which there's two ways to get that. Either you can learn it, or you can just, like, hope your intuitions happen to be really, really good and you just sort of, like, uh, are weird in the right way and get lucky. And if you're not already standing out a huge, huge amount, then uh, you're probably not going to be, like, luck more lucky in the future with whatever, like, you know, makes sense to you personally. Like... Everyone's like a bit different than normal in some ways, and some people's ways of being different than normal uh, are like, you know, really good, and some are really bad, and most are like a little good or a little bad. But like a few people just happen to be like weird in a bunch of ways where the stars align and it's just really effective and good. But like, that's probably not you. And even if that is you, you could do even better if you understood the right way to think about learning and organizing a life and so on. If you liked this, uh, go to rationalessays.com and then in the, the red sidebar area, click on my essay, Using Intellectual Processes to Combat Bias. And uh, there's various additional essays linked at the bottom of that. And also, if you go to fallibleideas.com and you click on Life Articles, and then the very top article is called Overreaching, and read that too for more info.